0: that uh, I was not available last week uh, to do the show but I was actually on the road going down to Amarillo Texas to make a major speech down there uh, to a group and uh had to got caught up in the bad weather actually were not able to come back uh, after the speech on Thursday so uh, had to wait until Saturday to try to make our way back and apparently cross the Brazos River and just prior to its flooding we could see it flooding already but, right, we're going over the banks of the river and into the highway. And so we're pretty well hunkered down here in Texas right now. We've got more rain coming in, more flooding expected. Where I live right now, we're under a flash flood wash until sometime tomorrow night, about 7 o'clock. So this is, you know, typical spring, but the only good part about it is that my, you know, vegetables are doing great. We're getting boom crops out of this. As long as the rain slows down eventually and doesn't drown everything, but to all of my friends in Texas, uh, particularly in South Texas, uh, you're certainly in, in my prayers. I'm worried about all you guys down there. But it was an interesting visit I had with the uh, people and the group down there. They have uh, the meetings run by a pastor, Greg Young, who has a radio show that reaches about. million people, and it goes all over the country. And he broadcasts every day, and I'm his guest every Monday morning on the first segment of the show. Well, actually, it's not Monday morning anymore. We used to broadcast at 9 in the morning. Now it's at 12 noon. And uh, a lot of people listened to him, and a lot of people came out to hear me speak. And I started my speech out with something that had just occurred, and I was absolutely appalled by And that was the head of VA, appointed by Obama, who was appointed supposedly to fix the VA, to fix the problems that veterans were having with getting treatment. Because according to the figures I have seen, 3.6 million veterans have died in the last 10 years waiting for treatment at VA facilities, hospitals, and clinics. This guy was supposed to come in and fix it all. At a press conference the other day, he's asked about it, and he says, well, you have to look at the situation like this. People also have to stand in line at Disney, Disneyland, yet they still enjoy the rides, and that's like veterans having to wait for treatment. As long as the treatment goes well, they've got nothing to complain about. How out of touch is that? That's, unfortunately, typical of the Obama administration and the people that work in the Obama administration, that they are either so out of touch, they don't know what they're talking about, or they're deliberately throwing people like our veterans under the buses. Because let me tell you about the law that Congress passed that set up a situation where if A veteran lives over 40 miles away from a VA hospital or VA clinic and needs treatment that he can, he or she can get that treatment locally and the VA will pay for it. Well, that's not exactly the way it's working. I've talked to several veterans including one with cancer and one with cardiac problems. The one with cardiac problems was supposed to get treatment Tried to get it locally because was, he was over 40 miles away from a, a VA hospital or clinic, and was turned down by the VA. They would not pay for his treatment locally because they said he was he did have a facility less than 40 miles away from him, but it was a dental clinic. As far as I know, dental clinics are not equipped and do not treat people for cardiac problems. Now, the cancer patient, it was even worse for him because he lived over 40 miles away from the nearest VA hospital or VA clinic. He needed regular chemotherapy to fight his cancer. He tried to get it locally. The local physician, clinic contacted the VA, and they said, oh no, he can't have it because there's a VA facility within 40 miles of him. What kind of VA facility? Not a hospital not a clinic, not even a dental clinic, a facility that sets up appointments at the VA hospital for veterans. That's all they do. There's no doctor on staff. There's no nurse on staff. There's no medical treatment available there at all. Yet that's the type of thing that the VA is using to continue to deny treatment to our veterans. And the head of the VA, doesn't seem to care. To him, this is all kind of a joke. Real funny, to go stand in line at Disneyland. Like one of the the congressmen said, not long after he heard this, he says, people are not dying in lines at Disneyland waiting to get on a ride. They're continuing to die because they can't get to the VA for treatment. So these are our veterans, these are America's heroes. The other day we celebrated Memorial Day, and as always, it was a, a pretty difficult day for me. I uh, thought about my dad, who died in 1987. Who's a veteran of World War II. I thought about my son Patrick, who died just five years ago. Who was a, a combat medic veteran of the National Guard, and I thought about the friends and comrades that I lost in Vietnam, and. Ann and I went to dinner that night at Applebee's. And I want to say this about Applebee's. First of all, we enjoy Applebee's. Uh, it's, it's a good little neighborhood bar and grill. Uh, they're very family-oriented. And they, you know, the food is good. The uh, prices are reasonable. So, you know, we go there maybe a couple of times a month. And this time, on Memorial Day, I walked in. And there in a corner of the room, the dining room, was a table, a single table set aside with an American flag on it, a bowl of lemons set with silverware put out there, and a rose, a yellow rose, and the chair turned up. And it is the missing soldier table. It is a tradition that we followed the American Legion for years on every Veterans Day. In fact, at the American Legion post that I commanded for two years, the table is set up permanently. It's always there. It's always there to remember our missing comrades, to remember those who have died, or those who are POWs or MIAs. But I, it was remarkable to me to see that set up at a restaurant. And I understand that Chick-fil-A did the same thing. And I, asked, I called the manager over after, of course, I'd, I'd rendered the proper salute uh, to the, the empty table. And uh, I called the manager over and I said, are all the Applebee's doing this? And she says, she says, yes, we do it all over the country. I was not aware of that, but I want everybody to be aware of it because that's one of the few businesses we have in this country right now who are that concerned about our veterans and that concerned about mem- memorializing the losses that we've had in our military. I mean, you know, you're not going to see something like this happen at Target. Of course, there's no restaurant there anyway, but Target is more concerned with Giving equal rights to transgenders in their bathrooms, and you're not going to see this happening at a lot of other places because it just didn't. You know, Google did not even put a mention of Memorial Day on its website. Not one word, not one tribute to our veteran, or one memory about anybody who's been lost fighting for this country. Google just didn't do it. Google is far left-operated. I've had repeated problems with my emails going through Google Sites because they keep getting rejected. Because Google doesn't like me talking about conservative political issues, about constitutional issues. Certainly doesn't want me criticizing Barack Hussein Obama and Hillary Clinton. So we are being censored. We're being censored by Google. We're being censored by Facebook. We're being censored by the news media for the most part. So shows like this, and Pastor Greg Young's show, and other conservative radio talk shows that people need to listen to to find out the truth, to learn about what is really going on, and that includes the truth about our veterans. Now, you know, listening to this show, that for three years we have been fighting on behalf of veterans who are having their Second Amendment rights being taken away from them. They're getting these letters in the mail saying that because of your physical dis—these are coming from the VA. I've seen them. I got copies of them. If anybody doesn't believe me, they can send me an email and I'll email back a copy of one of these letters to you. They're getting these letters saying, because of your physical or mental disabilities, we're going to declare you incompetent to handle your own financial affairs, and we're going to appoint a fiduciary to represent you and take care of your finances. Well, a fiduciary program's been around the VA for a long time, and its original intent was... And that was to provide to elderly veterans who might be suffering from dementia and who would forget to pay their bills on time to provide them with somebody, usually a family member, that would get their checks and assist them in paying their bills. Then after a while, it suddenly became big business. Because a lot of former VA employees were setting up their, their own companies to handle these fiduciary appointments. And you can see the fiduciary gets 5% of the VA check that goes to the veteran they represent each month. Now, when you're getting $2,800 a month, 5% of that's a pretty good chunk of change. And if a company is representing 100 or 200 or more veterans, they're making a lot of money. So we began to suspect several years ago that this was a big scam. Then when we found out why the VA was appointing fiduciaries, it became an even bigger scam. Because they're appointing fiduciaries to represent people Who have minor PTSD, who have minor depression, who may have lost a limb in combat, who allow their spouses to pay the family bills, and in the case of several veterans, one right here in Texas that I'm working with, they, and I've got this in writing, he was declared incompetent to handle his own financial affairs because he allows the bank or has a bank pay his bills automatically out of his checking account every month. The VA uses that to declare veterans incompetent. Then the letter goes on to say once you declare it incompetent, you can no longer own, purchase, possess, or transport firearms or ammunition. If you do, you're guilty of a felony. Then these same veterans have their names sent to the FBI to be put on the NICS list, which is a National Instant Criminal Background Checklist. And what happens then is absolutely abhorrent. I'll talk more about that after the first break.
1: Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser,
0: you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every
2: Saturday from eight to nine AM on America's Who
1: is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad cross case, the Arizona immigration law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today.
2: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I didn't hear something for a minute there, but that's probably not unusual in the kind of weather we're having all around us right now. But I was talking about veterans and what happens when the VA finds him incompetent to handle their own financial affairs and then sends them their names to the FBI to be put on the National Institute Criminal Background Checklist. Now, for those of you that may not know what that is, you go to legally buy a firearm in this country from a licensed dealer, whether it be a gun store or a Walmart or Academy Sports, you have to fill out a form. And the form has been, you give your name, address, social security number, and check off a number of boxes about whether or not you've ever been convicted of a felony, uh, whether or not you've ever had a conviction for illegal drug use, whether or not you've ever been adjudicated to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. Then that form is sent to the FBI, and they review it, check your background, and decide whether or not you are legally qualified to purchase a firearm. If you're not legally qualified, according to them, they don't tell you why, usually. They just turn you down. If you are legally qualified, then they are legally required by federal law to destroy that farm within 72 hours. And this is not just the local dealer, but the FBI also. Well, I can guarantee you that the local dealers are doing it, but the FBI is not doing it. They have used it to create a national registry of gun owners in this country which Obama is now preparing to turn over to the United Nations. Under the Small Arms Treaty, which he, and John, he had John Kerry sign on his behalf, the UN Small Arms Treaty, but he has never submitted to the United States Senate for confirmation, or ratification, because it will not be ratified by two-thirds majority. So he's just going to enforce it anyway. But, but that's another subject. The problem with... What's happening with the veterans is that they are not being put on the list, the next list, because they are convicted felons or because they're known drug abusers. They're being put on that list under the category of being mentally ill to the point of being a danger to themselves or others because that's what the law requires. But that's not what's happening. They haven't been adjudicated to be mentally ill. In fact, there's been no adjudication process at all. There's been no due process at all. Because when veterans get this letter, the burden of proof for them to prove their own competency is on them. It's not on the government as required by the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution. It's not on the government to prove they're incompetent or to prove they're mentally ill, the burden is on the veteran to prove that they're not. A lot of times, the veteran doesn't have the time or the money or the wherewithal to go to a VA court, which may be 100, 200 miles away, to have a hearing, or to hire a psychiatrist to review them. You see, none, almost none of these people who are on this list under that category, and by the way, Senator Charles Grassley, who we've been working with his Senate Judiciary Committee on this for over a year now, they have found out that 99.3% of the people on the NICS list under the category of being mentally ill and not allowed to buy a firearm for that reason, 99.3% of them are veterans. Almost none of these veterans have even been examined by a psychiatrist or a psychologist or even by a physician, necessarily. This may have been done by some bureaucrat. It usually is. The whole process of declaring a veteran is incompetent is handled, and whistleblowers inside the VA have told me about this, by independent contractors who work from home, are poorly trained, almost no supervision. They're sent a file of a veteran, and they said, declare this person incompetent and appoint a fiduciary to represent them. They prepare the letter and send it out over the signature of the head of the VA regional hub. And he gets to the veteran, and the veterans don't know what to do. Some of the veterans don't even get notified. They don't even get the letter. Many of them that I've talked to have found out that they were on the next list by going and attempting to purchase a firearm. Then they find out they're on the list. They're not told why, but sometimes a firearm dealer can get that information for them and tells them, well, you've been declared mentally incompetent no adjudication process, no due process, strictly the actions of bureaucrats and the VA. The last count we have, and we think that it's low, not high, is that 260,000 veterans are now on the next list, with a category of being mentally incompetent and they're not allowed to legally purchase firearms. It gets worse. Because remember what I said about the letter? It also says that you can't own firearms. So veterans are being told that they have to turn in their firearms. We've also talked to the families of veterans who are being told that since you live with a veteran who has been declared incompetent, you can't own a firearm either. In other words, if you've got kids living in a in veteran's house, teenagers, young adults who are on a firearm, they have to surrender their firearms too, as does the spouse of the veteran. We've also confirmed that as a result of being put on the NICS list, veterans are in some cases being put on the no-fly list, in some cases having their passports canceled or being denied passports if they apply for one. Excuse me so they're getting hammered. And this is all part of the process to disarm America. And, you know, sometimes I hate it when I'm right. Because about a year ago, on this show, I started telling my listeners that it was about to get worse because things were working so well with the veterans, as far as federal government was concerned, that they were going to expand the program to include... CU citizens who receive social security benefits. And a response from that I got from some people when I put this in an article was, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. They can't possibly do that. They won't do that. Well, about six months ago, there was a, a story in the Los Angeles Times, hardly a bastion of conservative thought, that said exactly what I said, that the Social Security Administration was implementing a program to do exactly that. And when they were contacted by some members of the House of Representatives, U.S. congressmen, the one who knows this was true, they basically said, yeah, it's true, but we're not going to do it to everybody. So they have now submitted their proposed rules, rule changes, regulation changes, implement this, and it's limited at this point to people that are receiving SSI, in other words, Social Security Disability Payments. But basically after that, it's all the same. They're going to declare them incompetent to handle their own financial affairs. There's no due process involved. They have to pr- prove themselves competent. They're going to be declared incompetent uh, and mentally insufficient to be able to own a firearm simply because they or their money is handled by a third-party payee. Now, what is the definition of a third-party payee? Well, according to the federal bureaucracy, a third-party payee is any third party that receives funds from the government to be used on behalf of somebody. Technically, that means, and I know for a fact that they're going to use this in their definition, that means that if you have your Social Security check automatically deposited in your bank account every month, that that's a third-party payee, and they can use that to declare you incompetent. The deal is, is that if you have a bank account and you get a Social Security check of any kind, it is required that to be deposited in your bank account. They don't send you a paper check. They deposit directly in your account. My Social Security check goes directly into my bank account every month. So technically, they can come after me and declare me incompetent because of that reason. Now they haven't covered regular social security beneficiaries yet. But that'll be the next step. And all of this is going on right under our noses. And nobody seems willing to do anything about it except for us. And we're fighting the fight. If you're a veteran or if you're an SSI social security recipient who has received one of these letters or has been declared incompetent, Please contact me directly at Michael at USJF Mail. That's usjfmail.net. And we will represent you for free. We're not charging the veterans or their families anything and we're not going to charge Social Security recipients or their families anything to represent you. Now we have not been able to raise the money for a class action suit yet. That would cost about a quarter of a million dollars. And we're a small constitutional law firm, and we have many irons in the fire. We have many cases we're working on at the Court of Appeal level around the country and the Supreme Court. In fact, I've put my name on a number of briefs, about 18 or so, just in the last six months. One of which, by the way, was uh, quoted by Judge Florence Thomas, who broke 10 years of silence and for the first time in 10 years asked a question, an oral argument from the Supreme Court. This was on a gun control case, and he used our brief as a basis for that question. So that's a feather feather in our cap, to say the least. But if you would like to donate to help us represent these individuals, go to usjf.net. That's our website, and on that website you can read the articles I've recently written. You can also read the briefs that we have filed, and read about some of the other things that we're doing, current events we're keeping up with, uh, educational uh, opportunities, a number of things we're doing. And you can find out USJF.net. There's a a link there to donate to us, and you can do that through the Internet or or by mail. And uh, we'll talk some more about the gun control issues after this break.
1: Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona immigration law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today.
0: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
2: Buzz-Off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology. America's Web Radio is the most diverse and informative radio station anywhere in cyberspace. We have shows about health, business, current events, entertainment, home care, and everything in between. We appreciate your continued support of America's Web Radio.
1: for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com,
2: the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: But it just you know seems to be continuous at this point that we're being hammered and It's going to get worse because part of Obama's legacy, as far as he's concerned, has to be to disarm the American citizens. And that's why he's so intent on getting Hillary Clinton elected to do his third term for him because Hillary Clinton has made one of the cornerstones of her campaign attacking the NRA and claiming that if you're a member of the NRA, you're responsible for all the violence in this country. Despite the fact that no mass shooting has ever been conducted by a member of the National Rifle Association. Despite the fact that many of the weapons obtained by mass shooters are obtained illegally. That doesn't matter to Hillary Clinton. That doesn't matter to Diane Feinstein or to Barack Obama. What matters is we, particularly the veterans in this country, are a threat to their vision of an America that has become a socialist or communist paradise where there is no individual freedom, where the government tells us exactly what to do, when to do it, It tells us what to think, what we can believe. Think about it, all this is happening right now. The First Amendment, freedom of religion is under attack. Freedom of the press is under attack. Freedom of speech is under attack. The right to peacefully assemble is under attack. The Second Amendment is under massive attack. The Fourth Amendment, right to privacy, be protected in our homes and businesses from illegal searches and seizures, that's under attack. The Fifth Amendment right to due process of law has basically been discarded by this administration. And today, earlier today, I was watching the news, and here we go with another day and another shooting in a gun-free zone this time at UCLA. Of course my first fear was that it was an active shooter situation that we had a terrorist on the campus. Apparently from what i heard most recently was thankfully not a terrorist situation but a situation where someone committed a murder and committed suicide. But it still happened in a gun-free zone. So who's going to get the blame for this? Is it going to be the person who brought the gun on the campus? illegally, use it to kill somebody and kill themselves? No. I can tell you it's going to be blamed on. It's going to be blamed on you and I, people who believe in the right to keep and bear arms, people, people who believe that we should have firearms available to protect ourselves and our families. In the situations where you have had these shootings, like San Bernardino, in Oregon if there had been someone in those locations that was armed and could have fired back at the assailants a lot of lives would probably have been saved but that didn't exist why? because these are gun free zones Uh, technically, you know, the school in Oregon, if you had a concealed weapons permit, you could get it approved by the campus. But they apparently never approved any. And even the security guards, they were so politically correct that even the security guards were unarmed. So there was nobody to shoot back. But again, the NRA, I can hear Diane Feinstein and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and CNN going, oh, yeah, 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 this is another situation where guns were completely happened. We have to take away everybody's rights to own firearms. Adolf Hitler said the same thing. Adolf Hitler, when he was elected chancellor of Germany, Wanted to consolidate his power as a dictator so he's out by a totally system believing that if he then he started to disarm the population beginning with the veterans because these were the German veterans of World War One they had been in combat A lot of them did not trust the new Hitler regime, the Nazi Party. They had taken an oath very similar to the one I took when I joined the U.S. military, and all members of the military take. In fact, it's similar to what the president and members of Congress take, but of course they don't seem to believe in it. I do, and it never expires as far as I'm concerned. The oath is to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. In other words, I owe my allegiance to my country. I don't owe my allegiance to an individual. Hitler didn't like that. He didn't want people like that to be armed. So he disarmed the veterans and ultimately the German population as a whole. Then he purged from the military high-ranking officers who were loyal to the country, not to him. And it all boiled down to Hitler taking control and the German people losing their freedoms and then ultimately millions of other people losing not only their freedoms but their lives, millions around the world. And you know what happened what's happening? It's a very strict country. All of a sudden, the mention of the Holocaust is disappearing. they're trying to remove it from school textbooks like it never happened. Just like they're trying to rewrite American history. And that brings me to another point I need to make, and that is we have totally lost control of our education system in this country. At every level, beginning from our local school boards all the way up to our universities and colleges. Even our military institutions are being reprogrammed, not to train patriotic Americans to be good soldiers, sailors, marines, and airmen, but to be trained to be politically correct, whatever the hell that means in war. And nobody has ever explained to me how you fight a politically correct war. In Obama land, you fight a politically correct war by making sure that nobody gets hurt on the other side. I mean, right now we have the Iraqi army, such as it is, trying to take back Fallujah, the city that the Marines took years ago after a bloody battle where over 100 Marines were killed and many more wounded. Now it's been under control of ISIS for almost two years. The Iraqi army is trying to take it back. And they're being supported by American aircraft and airstrikes. On the day that the major launch of attack or assault on the city was launched, a couple of days ago, a number of American planes took off to support the Iraqi advance. Only one actually dropped its bombs. The rest of them were not allowed to drop their bombs because of the possibility that there might be collateral damage, that there might be civilians in the area. So ISIS, of course, has figured this out, and they're using civilians to protect them. So the attack on collusion may ultimately fail, because Barack Obama is more concerned with not killing anybody on the other side including ISIS fighters themselves. I mean, when they are transporting oil in trucks across Iraq and Syria, they're transporting this oil. ISIS troops. Our Air Force, before they can bomb these trucks, four or five minutes early plane, to drop leaflets to the drivers, telling them of the impact so that they can leave and won't get hurt. They can abandon their vehicles and won't get hurt. <laughs> now how stupid is that? That gives ISIS an opportunity to bring in any aircraft weapons to shoot down our planes. And why are we doing it? Well, the philosophy is some of these truck drivers might be civilians. But they're working for ISIS, they're not civilians. They're part of the ISIS network. But that's the way we apparently are supposed to be fighting a politically correct war. And that's what our American soldiers are being trained to do. And in our schools, our children are being trained to hate the United States, to want to see it fundamentally changed, from a constitutional republic into a dictatorship. They're being told that they're entitled to free stuff. And look at Bernie Sanders and all these idiot college students. By the way, I'm working on a new article for my blog, which you can access at com, And it's going to be called The Wimpiest Generation because I want to take a look at the people we have out there that are being raised in our society and how we no longer have a society that's going to be able to produce a lot of heroes. Because the Bernie Sanders kids, they just want free stuff. They don't care about living in a free country. They don't know what a free country is. They've never read the Constitution. They've never been taught about the Constitution. Had a bunch of people buying copies of my books with the, our Constitution, so they can hand them out to school kids. Because they otherwise they're not going to learn. In this book that I take, each article, each section, each amendment of the Constitution, I put it down the way it was originally written. And know, I put it in my comments about what it really means. Our kids don't know anything about the Constitution. They don't know anything about American history. I mean, you know, it used to be we would celebrate our history, we'd celebrate our veterans. Now this month, we are being told we have to celebrate the LGBT community. We have to celebrate gray, gay pride. I don't, I'm not gay. Why should I be proud? Let's take our final break now.
1: Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Whether well, cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo
0: and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on americaswebradio.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution
1: gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution
2: on AmericasWebRadio.com.
0: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
1: Watchdog. and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer
2: and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: I'll show you how ridiculous it's gotten. Like I said, this month is Gay Pride Month. And... A couple of months ago, ROTC cadets at a major U.S. university, the male ROTC cadets were told they had to wear female high heels for a whole day, along with their uniforms, the uniform of an American soldier. All of a sudden, part of their uniform, to be politically correct, became women's high heel shoes. We have chaplains leaving the military in droves. The only, only few chaplains really that are left of the military at this point are Muslims. And the reason they, so many chaplains are being forced out of the military is because they are told they cannot oppose gay marriage. They cannot refuse to, to hold gay marriage ceremonies. They cannot say anything about gay marriage or homosexuality in their sermons. They cannot counsel people. They can't basically do anything that the government, I, the Obama, doesn't approve of. And this is happening in our education system. All the way up. I mean, in Fort Worth, Texas, I'm less than a hundred miles from Fort Worth. In Fort Worth, Texas, the school board is proposing and implementing a policy to allow transgender students i.e. specifically boys that decide on any given day that they want to be a girl and want to go to the girls' locker room, the girls' showers, the girls' bathrooms. Fort Worth school board says, this is okay. We think this is good. This is politically correct. They didn't, they approved this policy without even letting the parents know it was being approved. And the uproar has been tremendous. So they've decided to hold some public hearings. The first one was held yesterday. There were only a handful of people there. According to the school board head, this indicated that there was really no problem with this. But according to the people who were there, they had found out about this meeting accidentally. They had been of the parents within this area. There not going to be a meeting. And the same is true apparently the other meetings that have been scheduled. Nobody knows where they're scheduled, when they're going to be. They said their meetings are scheduled, but they won't tell anybody where they are. Why? Because you have to be politically correct. I am so fed up with political correctness. This is what's being done in our schools. They want to force us to do it everywhere. And I'm the I'm proud signer of that petition of Target. I will never set foot in a Target store again as long as they're allowing men, and this is happening, men to say, you know, dressed as men, not dressed as, you know, fairies or whatever transgenders call themselves these days. I'm sure I'll, I'll catch all kinds of flack for using that term, but I don't care. But men, not dressed in women's clothing going into women's restrooms and just hanging out and saying, well, today I feel like a woman. Well, I saw a pretty good cartoon a while ago where it said, you know, a a man saw a guy follow his daughter into a bathroom and the man said, well, Today he self-identified as a woman. So the father knocked his teeth out because he self-identified himself, said, as the tooth fairy. I thought that was pretty good. Terribly politically incorrect, but again, I don't care. The LGBT community can come after me all they want. The Muslims can come after me all they want because I believe that we have to look at the so-called Muslim faith, particularly radical Islam, as being a major threat not only to this country, but to the world. Yet the Obama administration is trying to protect them, will not admit who they are, will not even use the word radical jihadist words. Hillary Clinton won't do it either. Of course, her closest... Confidant and is Iranian. Obama's closest confidant and aid is R- Middle Eastern background. Oh, and, and I just found this out yesterday. it's find it extremely interesting. You probably heard that Obama plans to stay in Washington, D.C. after his term of office is over. A pretty good indication that he doesn't think he's actually going to have to give up being president that he's going to control things one thing or one way or the other. First president says Woodrow Wilson that has not left Washington at the end of their term. Obama's going to rent a twenty two thousand dollar a month nine bedroom home for his family of four. Very interesting. Of course it's all going to be done at taxpayer expense. This home is located in one of the high end areas of Washington DC. And just happens to be on the same block, in fact some people are saying right next door to a major Muslim mosque that has been cited as one of the hotbeds of radical Islam in this country. Big coincidence, huh, folks? Big coincidence. But I want to spend the rest of this this show, the last few minutes, talking about the fact that I put an article on my blog the other day called In Memoriam. And I put it on specifically for Memorial Day. I'd like for you to go read it. It's www.michaelconnelly.jigzy.com. It's an article about America's heroes and about how we need to give them more recognition and more memory. I mean, we have basically three days a year where we talk about the people who have fought and died for this country. It's Veterans Day in November, Armed Forces Day in May, and Memorial Day, also in May. There's no... Veterans Pride Month. Obama would never allow something like that to happen, nor would Hillary Clinton. And by the way, this, this nonsense about Hillary saying she's going to fight for the veterans bull. When Hillary Clinton was the first lady in the White House and Bill Clinton was president, members of the American military, even the high-ranking generals, were told they could not wear their uniforms to the White House Because their uniforms, the sight of those uniforms offended Hillary. So that's how she looks at our military. That's basically how she looks at everybody. We're all underlings. She and Bill and Barack, Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid, they're the elitists. So I wrote this article honoring our veterans. And I want veterans, your memorial day is over. But pass it on. Let people read it. Let people think about the sacrifices that so many have made for us. And so many continue to make. And let's think about the fact that we need to get more people into our military who believe in this country. Right now the recruitment effort is being made to diversify the military. Put in more gays. Put in more Muslims. We need the people in our military who are willing to stand up and fight for this country. Then obviously I'm going to be going to Connert, Ohio, on Lake Erie, where they're going to stage a reenactment of the landings on D Day. They do this every year. They have about 35,000 people come in for it. It's supposedly real spectacular. This time I'm proud to say that one of the reenactment units is going to be reenacting the Utah Beach landing of my father's unit, the 87th Chemical Mortar Battalion, which I write about in my book, The Mortarman. And you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes & Noble. It's an e-book. It's a paperback. You can also order, if you want a signed copy, you can order it through my website at www.michaelconnolly.com jigsley.com and that's where you can also order a copy of my other books and by the way I have a new novel that's coming out sometime this summer and it's called Rag and I think you're going to really enjoy it. I'll let you know more when we get ready to for the publication get released. Thank you for having me on today. I look forward to talking to you again next week.